Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. We continue in the book of Ecclesiastes. This book has been so rewarding to study and to gain in its wisdom and to really glean from King Solomon the limitations of human intelligence and success and the pursuits of this world and allow us to then seek the New Testament biblical answers and point to a future of hope that will be made right as God restores creation. Last week's episode posted on Labor Day weekend, and we talked about work and the complex relationship that we have with work. Last week, we put that into perspective where, yes, we were created to work, but that should not be the source of our value and legacy. The gospel is so much richer than that, and that passage leads perfectly into Ecclesiastes chapter 3, where we are studying today. This is an iconic passage that resonates not only in the church, but also in popular culture. The band, The Birds, had a huge hit with the song, Turn, 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 which essentially sets this text to music. And it was responsible in the late 20th century for renewed interest in the book of Ecclesiastes. Before we jump into the passage, I just want to remind listeners that Ecclesiastes describes our existence caught between the Garden of Eden and heaven. It is an imperfect world, but you can still see the beauty of God's creation. You see that in Genesis, God made things good, but we are to worship not the creation, but the creator. And even as we struggle through life, we are to anticipate what God is doing and align our temporal lives to the eternal purpose. And friends, no passage probably gives greater perspective than Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It reveals God to us. And as we read through these things, we see even the mundane is beautiful in God's creation. And we wrestle with the same things that our friends and peers wrestle with in terms of what is my why? What is the point of life? What is my purpose? And I believe that this passage really allows us to understand the flawed materialistic worldview where if you're just seeing the world as what you can see, touch, taste, and smell, and living in the temporal and the moment, which is the definition of secular, secular is the here and now, and secularism says the only thing that exists is the here and now. And friend, there's no hope in that. As we look at this passage, it's fleeting, but when you add eternal perspective to it, and when you add a biblical worldview to it, we can proceed with the hope of the gospel, this program is limited in time, so we're going to jump in and read this iconic passage. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, 
and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Verse 9, what gain has this worker for his toil? I've seen the business of what God has given to his children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he's put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. That which is already has been, and that which is to be already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. Moreover, I saw under the sun the place of justice. Even there was wickedness, and in a place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every matter and for every work. I said in my heart with regard to the children of man, God is testing them that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to children of man and what happens to beasts is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath, and man has no advantage over beasts, for all is vanity. All go to one place, all are from the dust, and to dust all return. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of the beast goes down into the earth. So I saw there is nothing better than a man should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot. Who can bring him to see what is after him? There is so much to unpack, and I will do the best with the time I have. We begin with God being in control. He has appointed time for everything under the heaven. They have the seven seasons, many of them contradicting. When you have life and death, you have kill and heal, you have weep and laugh, mourn and dance, to tear apart love and hate, war and peace. All that is to say is that God is in control and God is sovereign. God's sovereignty can be difficult to understand when you're going through one of life's difficult seasons. And this passage allows us to see that we are all sharing in similar experiences. Death, war, good times, bad times, we all share these experiences as human beings. But unlike those who are not of faith, there's hope and understanding that God is in control and God is sovereign. And as the passage says in verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into men's hearts, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. That means there's times that we have to trust God. But friend, no matter where your hurt is, no matter where you are today, what your experience is, it is something that has probably been shared by all of humanity at one time or another. And God is still in control, the same way that God has been in control since the dawn of time. He's in control even today. When we orient our life and our purpose and our existence to His reality, we're able to see the beauty of His creation. We're able to see the beauty of this life and also understand its purpose and its meaning within his context and not our own. Friend, in recent years, my life has been absolutely topsy-turvy through ministry, through different experiences with family, and there have been times that I just had to walk in faith and I had to trust in God. And it is amazing the way that God has given me perspective through that. He has grown my character and my faith through those times. He has been faithful to me. And in each circumstance, I gained perspective on this life and my role in it. 
That is not to say that I always got my way or we always had the happy ending that we always go for when you live your life in submission to God without the promise of vindication. But when you see that he makes everything beautiful in its time, you can understand that God is using you and guiding you and growing you in this process. God will sometimes grant us contentment during messy seasons of life. He will hold us to high standards. He will grow us in our faith, and he will give us purpose. And so we must stay optimistic. We must continue to honor God with our lives. Daily submission to God's word and the discipleship path he has called us to as Christians, it allows us to take those growth opportunities and those moments of purpose and glorify him and point to him and in turn change the lives of those around us. Friend, there's not a shortage of people who are seeking their own. You can gather a large following and a large audience telling people what they want to hear. Those sections of the bookstore are absolutely full of bestsellers. But friend, as I continue on this path, every day I see more people who are finding their purpose and their identity and their value in God and the gospel of Jesus Christ and are finding true happiness and true joy. As I read this passage and it talks about the seasons and all of the different times of our life, a season of joy is possible even amid difficult and uncertain times. So we need to understand that God is not limited. I want to make sure that we understand that when we read the book of Ecclesiastes and we hear Solomon, who is giving a very human perspective and allows us to have conversations with those who are not of faith because Solomon is many times making their observations about the human existence. I always want to put the caveat, one of the most common catchphrases in the book of Ecclesiastes is under the sun. Friend, yes, under the sun is rather hopeless. As Solomon continues in chapter 13 and talks about the dust to dust, that under the sun, we all return to dust just like the rest of creation. But friend, let me tell you the good news. God is not under the sun. The gospel is not bound under the sun. Materialistic worldview, human expectations, narcissism, ambition, those are the things that are limited under the sun. We as human beings, we can have finite gains, we can have moments of achievement. And friend, I wish those for you. I do want you to have great moments of achievement and great moments of happiness and joy because God has created this beautiful world. He's restoring that creation and there are good things to enjoy in this life when we experience them within the context of the greater gospel narrative. When those pursuits become our entire world, everything is bound under the sun, and all of those things will pass away. Like King Solomon, all of those things can feel fruitless and meaningless. Let me end our time together, friend, today with words of hope. God exists beyond the sun. That those observations, while observing the limited human condition, does not in any way jeopardize or compromise the gospel. In Matthew 12, 42, Jesus is referred to as one greater than Solomon. And in 1 Corinthians 1, 18-31, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Colossians 2.3 says, 
which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Friend, I don't want you to end today's program feeling dejected or hopeless. Quite the opposite. As we read this passage, God creates meaning in all of these temporal existence when we orient our lives and our purposes to the gospel, that the wisdom and the power of God are not under the sun. God's attributes are well beyond the temporal, and he is in control. And it is our job to find ways to join in in the purposes of his work. So friend, today I wish to you hope and purpose and peace that only comes from the gospel. Solomon gives us a great perspective on the futility of man's intellect and limitations. But in reading Ecclesiastes, we're also able to look forward to the hope of the gospel because, again, God does not function and live under the sun. He transcends the sun. His attributes transcend those realities, and he offers us salvation, forgiveness, and hope that only comes in him. Oh, dear friend, I'm so glad you could join me today, and I'm so glad you could join me for this series. I invite you back next week as we begin chapter four, and we're going to talk about the need for community, the need to be together. Again, we're going to continue on this trend of looking at how our materialistic worldview falls short and frustrates us and makes us feel anxious and unfulfilled. But the gospel points to a loving creator salvation in Christ, the hope of the gospel, and a bright future. So friend, I hope you will join me next week as we begin chapter four of Ecclesiastes and we continue on this exciting journey through the Bible. Thank you again for joining me today and I'll see you on our next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.